Today's episode is brought to you by No Boring Design. Wow, what a name. No, we know this team well. We've brought them in to help with a number of engagements when design becomes a bottleneck for shipping campaigns quickly. Uh, also when design is boring, right? A lot of B2B status quo becomes boring and it doesn't have to be. So we bring this team in, they level up the quality design and they remove design as a bottleneck to ship campaigns, content, product marketing assets, you name it. If it needs a design and you're hung up on it, this team can help. Um, somehow they managed to do this. I think their price point starting out is 2,500 a month. Uh, obviously goes up from there, but what a great resource. We've seen them firsthand do great work with Dropbox, Yelp, a number of our big clients they've been a part of. So check them out, noboringdesign.com, noboringdesign.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Demand Efficiency Podcast with me, your host, Eli Rubel, formerly Elias, but hey, names are hard. This is the show where we unpack and benchmark the methods and tactics used to reduce CAC by the most efficient and fastest growing companies in tech. Frequent listeners will know demand efficiency is a leading indicator and North Star metric for teams focused on reducing CAC. And in each episode, we'll evaluate how the best companies in the industry are driving down their cost to acquire while still achieving remarkable growth. All right. So today's episode of the Demand Efficiency Podcast is a meaty topic. This is one of those things that gets talked about a lot, but very few teams do well. And that is within the category, within the framework, it is under revenue orchestration. And it's all about the alignment between marketing and sales. So today's guest, we have Shane Murphy-Ruder, of Webflow today. He was formerly the CMO over at Zoom Info. And Shane has seen it on both sides of the spectrum, right? Very large scale at Zoom Info, massive sales organization with more than 250 SDRs and a very large marketing org. And at Webflow today, 50 marketers, around 150 folks in the sales organization. So still quite large compared to many of the startups who are listening to the show today. But again, at very different ends of the spectrum as far as scale is concerned. And the programs that Shane has implemented to keep marketing and sales aligned, to drive performance through that part of the funnel, and to ensure that there is demand efficiency being driven and any inefficiencies are very quickly being stomped out is very impressive. You know, when you're, when you're taking the demand efficiency survey and going through the framework, it asks questions like, what types of regular meeting touch points do you have between sales and marketing? And in their case, you know, they were able to answer, we have a leadership alignment meeting, we have performance reporting, we have pre-campaign briefings that happen, we have you know, lead and opportunity quality feedback loops, and many more. So this is a really meaty topic. And again, a lot of folks, the first step they think is just getting sales and marketing to have good communication, but it really should go and can go many orders of magnitude deeper than that, where you can truly operationalize a strong partnership between those two organizations where marketing is really helping enable sales and support sales through their work. You know, at Mattermade, one of the patterns we've seen helping 
fill in the blank number of companies grow, Loom, Com, Hopin, Dropbox, et cetera, is the teams who adopt a strong, inquisitive nature throughout every stage of the funnel are the ones who are the most efficient in their demand programs. They're the ones who have the lowest cost to acquire. And it's because they're not ignoring all of the little details along the way. Because again, the whole thesis behind demand efficiency is it's all of the small surfaces, all of the small touch points that when looked at and focused on, on the whole, in aggregate, lead to an efficient demand program and lead to reasonable, manageable, scalable cost to acquirers. And so you'll hear Shane talk about this inquisitive piece in how the teams meet and in what questions the teams ask when they sit down together and examine that entire customer journey and all of those micro points of conversion throughout that customer journey. You'll hear him talk about the weekly standups that they host with that SDR team. And even going as far as to write sequences. This is actually, I've seen and heard a lot of different things, but I thought this was really special and unique. His marketing org actually writes sequences for their SDRs that are custom tailored to the campaigns they're launching as opposed to, hey, SDR team, here's the campaign we're launching. Here are suggestions. And then let the SDR team write sequences themselves. I think there's a tremendous amount of goodwill that can be built. And, and again, that partnership tightened by saying, we're going to go a step further. We actually, here's the, here's the exciting campaign we're launching. Here's when it's launching. And here are the sequences that are custom tailored to it. You can run with them. So I think that is just a, a really nice touch and an elevated way to go about partnering uh, between those two organizations that we don't see very frequently. Another area we focus in on today is this idea that in many marketing organizations, especially earlier on, they're thought of as produce MQLs, produce SQLs, produce opportunities, whatever it is, get those over the fence. I think generally we're trending in the right direction with folks thinking about opportunities, but it's about taking it that step further. You know, marketing can do so much more. And this is a pattern we see and coach towards is marketing can be much more than just an opportunity engine. Because that's just the first half of that buying journey, right? So if marketing is uninvolved when the sellers are doing their work, if marketing isn't helping, as Shane puts it, soften the beachhead, right? Work on the rest of the buying committee, then they're, they're missing out on half of the equation. Why is it important that they're missing out on half of the equation? Well, again, we're talking about demand efficiency and the opportunity to reduce cost to acquire. So if marketing is letting that second half of the conversion just be in the hands of sales with no support from marketing. Not to say that sales can't do it, but let's play together as a team and really create programs, create nurtures, create you know educational content and just be there to support so that we can increase those conversion rates, shorten those times to close, and again, increase demand efficiency on the whole. So with that, let's cut over to our case today with Shane Murphy-Ruder over at Webflow and unpack this topic of sales and marketing alignment. So today's case, we're focused on the impact that marketing and sales alignment can have on driving demand efficiency, reducing cost to acquire. Shane, really excited to hear through your lens, both having been a leader at Zoom Info and now a leader at Webflow, how you are driving that alignment both strategically and, and tactically. Can you give us some insights? 
I think the the first step of driving that alignment is ensuring that both teams are really, really clear on your kind of go-to-market motion design and who's responsible for what across the funnel. So like, you know, companies have quite massively different go-to-market motions. I've Most of the companies that I've worked for started product-led growth, then added sales assist, then added like a true sales-led, like outbound kind of more enterprise motion. And how to set those different journeys up is really nuanced. And I think a lot of companies that they get wrong, and, and I think what probably I did early in my career was just like, okay, well, marketing's job is like, get the MQLs. And we'll just hand them to like the sales box. <laughs> They'll work them and it'll turn into revenue. And I think in reality, the the truth is, and I think most teams are getting there now, is that the that handoff and the roles and responsibilities across both sales and marketing through the funnel are actually a lot more overlapping and, and nuanced and being really clear in mapping out exactly what are those steps from MQL all the way to close and how the two different teams can support each other to drive the ultimate outcome, I think is critically important. So for example, having a weekly stand-up where you're looking at exactly what happened in the handoff between the marketing leads and the, the SDR turning those into whatever term you have, like SQLs or demos, there's a huge amount of insight that you can get out in like the different types of leads and how they perform. How are sales at the SDR team enabled to actually work those? Are is marketing providing messaging or not? So anyway, all of those like little micro points through the funnel, getting really clarity on on what that journey looks like and ensuring that your both teams are clear on what they're going to do to support each other on it is like probably the first step to getting this right. So let's zoom in there a little bit. The you know, you have a marketing team that's right around 50 today, sales team right around 150 today. So tactically speaking, who shows up to that weekly meeting? Yeah, so the important people are demand gen team. So we have a head of demand gen here and uh, she is a team of people running campaigns for whether it be running website optimizations or you know ad campaigns. And so having those key campaign managers in the room as well is really important. Then we typically do it just with the SDR team now. And so having the SDR leader and any of the SDR managers in, in that meeting, I think is critically important and running through. And this is something we're only now kind of implementing at Webflow, but like at Zoom Info on a weekly basis, we would look at every different type of lead type and we were looking at exact conversion rates week over week. And if anything changed, why did it change? What happened? Was it that looking at like follow speed, did that change? Um, or was it like something the marketing team did up a funnel? So I think the key folk are like the obvious people, right? The DG team and anybody running campaigns and on the sales side, the SDR leader plus any of their managers that they have depending upon your your scale. So for example, in Zoom Info, one of the things that we, we made a quick change on during those meetings was separating out hot and warm leads based on intent and actually creating two different SDR teams based upon whether or not the, the lead was like high intent or lower intent because the work that the SDR team needed to do for those different types of leads was quite different and the conversion rates were quite different. And so having that meeting allowed us to kind of identify the best way to like set up both how marketing is driving the leads and how the SDR team operate to, to support it. So if that was level one, what, you know, maybe, maybe calling back on the Zoom info times, what's, what's level two, what's level three, how deep does this go or how deep can it go? Yeah, like obviously the, the bigger topic then is account-based marketing through the funnel. So how does marketing support closing of opportunities? We talked a lot about actually just opportunity pipeline generation, which is marketing and the SDR team. And like, you know, the very basic level is 
what most companies are doing, which is like the PMN team are supporting the sales team with collateral and positioning to actually go and sell deals. But the next stage from that would be adding in marketing, supporting, sort of softening the beaches and, 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 and supporting getting that deal through the, through the pipeline. So for example, in most cases, there's like a buying committee. What can marketing do to start marketing to the different people that are decision makers as part, part of that funnel? How can we provide actual content and those sort of things to start like softening the beaches such that when the primary buyer is going to get sign off, that person has a better understanding of the, the company. And so, yeah, kind of the marketing team getting like deeper into the pipeline and supporting from an ABM perspective, I think is the, is the next stage. And like, you know, obviously you can go really deep on ABM or pretty, pretty high level. And, you know, marketing, I remember when I was at, actually at AdRoll, we did a bunch of analysis showing that if marketing supported the close conversion rates that went up by 45%, which was like pretty meaningful and it led to a huge actually investment in ABM and then actually led to us launching the Rollworks product, which is an ABM platform. And so, yeah, I think, you know, the power of ABM through the pipeline is really important. And I think not many companies do it well. They kind of see that it's marketing team's job is done once the kind of MQL has passed the SDR team. Definitely. So I'm curious, you know, you mentioned when you, when you took the demand efficiency survey, you mentioned that you do pre-campaign briefing. You mentioned that you have, you know, lead op quality feedback, which we've already talked about performance reporting and leadership alignment, which we've touched on, but I'd love to zoom in on. So first let's talk about the campaign briefing. This is something that I've certainly seen a lot of teams skip over whereas the sales team has very little idea of what's actually in the wild from a journey perspective prior to them interacting. How are you handling that? Yeah, I think this is, again, where that weekly meeting is really important. So in, in that meeting, like being able to review what's coming up and so that the sales team, the SDR team particularly, are, are aware that, hey, we've got this big event that's coming. So on Tuesday, you're going to see a spike in leads. And I think the benefit of that is twofold. One is capacity planning as well. Like the SDR team needed to understand like when there's going to be spikes in, in, in lead volume. And we would all love to have just like it be exactly the same per day, but that's not how marketing works. So part of it is capacity planning for the SDR team. And then part of it is also messaging planning. So does the marketing team, and which I would suggest they should for every single campaign, actually write up the bodies of the sequences that the SDR team will use to actually follow up with that different leads type? So if you get really, really sophisticated, like the marketing team and the SDR team should be running bespoke and outreach, obviously depend upon every different like content that the person comes through on or part of the website that comes through on, et cetera. And so I think uh, having those regular touch points with the SDR team to both capacity plan and message plan is just like critically important. That must earn a lot of goodwill as well between the marketing and the SDR organization if you have the marketing team committed to actually writing some of that personalization in the sequence for the SDRs, as opposed to saying, here's what we're doing, you know, tailor it yourself kind of a thing. Like even more tactically speaking, walk me through how long is that meeting? What the agenda, it sounds like you're talking about what's going to be in flight soon, timing of that. Let's look at conversion rates for, for stuff that's been passed for the past week. Like what else is on the agenda? Yeah, so at Zoom Info, it was an hour long and we went through like, step-by-step step the funnel. We looked at MQLs by source. 
We then looked at conversion to uh, demo by source. Then we looked at demo complete. Then we get down to actually opportunity creation. We get all the way down to close one, the whole way through the funnel. And in doing that, we were looking at week over week, but what we committed to the prior week on what the MQL volume was going to be and conversion rates, et cetera, were going to be, and the week over week variance. And you know, probably the biggest thing that I took away from my time in doing that was Certainly at a certain scale, your conversion rates and MQL volume actually should be relatively static, you know, week over week and predictable. Unless you've got like, yeah, we've got a big event coming and you and you call it out and you and it was amazing when you saw a little bit of dip week over week. I think in the past, as a marketing leader, I would have just said, Oh, you know, seasonality or you know, things happen week over week, you know. I would say eight times out of ten. So at Zoom Info, they wrestled all of those things to the ground. Like you look at it constantly until you were really like, yeah, there's, it must purely be just chance. Probably eight out of 10 times, actually something did change. Like something broke, like a lead form broke or something broke. And so the thing that was most impressive to me about and what I learned from that time is really stressing the funnel and the micro improvements across the funnel compounded over time to leading to like, excellent long-term performance, which obviously ZoomInfo has achieved. And so in those meetings, I only give that story because in those meetings, like we were going through line by line. And if we saw the warm conversion rate to demo drop, the manager of the warm SDR team would be like, okay, yeah, actually, to be fair, what ended up happening was, you know, we had like somebody who was off and so our capacity dropped and they have to be able to like, you know, stand over it or our follow-up time actually dropped for whatever reason. And, the, you know, I think the, the other thing I would say for me like that is as a leader, making sure that everybody goes in knowing that their job is actually to point out things that they may have dropped the ball on is critical. Like that meeting is not a defend yourself. And, you know, what, what as a leader you're really looking for is like, are they identifying those micro improvements? So anyway, yeah, the, the agenda was mostly actually most of the time was going through that funnel in real detail and i remember when i started i was like this is <laughs> this is a lot but it's incredibly impactful and so yeah there was that and then as you said up front then also just looking at like as we were talking about each of the commits for the following month is like okay what are those campaigns that are coming in and, and are we prepped for them so yeah yeah it's a very um i would recommend that anybody running a marketing and sdr kind of or has that weekly session did the SDR org report into you or did they report in sales? No, they reported up into sales. Yeah. Yeah. And then did you have a separate meeting with closing teams, AEs and such? We had a broader sort of go-to-market leadership team meeting, but we didn't have a, like my marketing leaders and those AEs meet. We did have a, a session uh, on a monthly basis where my campaigns team, which were the team that were writing and executing all of the sales emails, so, for example, if we wanted to do an upsell into the base for a certain product, because it was for whatever reason, it was like, let's say, a new product launch coming, that campaigns team actually would, would design the sequences for sales, write them, and then sales would actually just go, yep, send, 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 and maybe adjust a little bit. So we had a separate meeting with the, the AEs and account managers, two meetings, one for closers and one for the, the account managers, where we would run through that plan and say, here are all the campaigns that are planning to send on your behalf, anything that you all want to do. So they might be like, actually, we're actually running this like 
big push in Europe on XYZ and we go, okay, we'll adjust the plan and, and we'll create a campaign for that. And so the three main meetings for, for that alignment was the SDR marketing one we discussed. Then there was a campaigns team and our AEs, our closers, to discuss the pipeline velocity campaigns we'd run. And then there was the one with the account managers to figure out what we wanted to push into the existing customer base. Love it. So this is uh, almost zooming back out now, and we can cut this separately from the episode. But I'm curious, so I'll, g- I'll give you a little bit of background. The reason I'm doing this version of the podcast and creating this, like the demand efficiency framework is when I interact with more sophisticated organizations like the ones that you've run, there is this obsession about the details in the funnel and the little surfaces, right? The connective tissue and all of that matters because on the whole, it can drive such impactful efficiency. But it seems like the earlier stage organizations tend to ignore a lot of those surfaces, a lot of the connective tissue, the handoffs really focus on, you know, it's like demand capture, demand creation. We have to be as optimized technically in channel as possible and they forget about the rest of it. And going into this next year where there's a strong focus on optimizing costs to acquire and getting as efficient with demand as possible, I thought that this hearing from leaders like yourself about this and getting some validation that, in fact, it is the connective tissue and an obsession of these small pieces on the whole that can drive big change. I'm curious, just in your own words, like what you think about that, if you think that's that hypothesis is correct. So I think it's absolutely correct. Obviously, I've given examples from ZoomInfo of where the power of doing that was really obvious. If you think about it on the marketing side, we do all of this work. We hire conversion rate optimization experts that look at the, the journey from ad to landing page to convert all that time in there. We don't really do that on the sales side. There's no equivalent job. And actually, when I was at ZoomInfo, my head of uh, marketing analytics ended up, we sort of skewed her role into more of this like go-to-market motion designer where the job was to like really look at write it all out. Like, how is it supposed to work? Set up reporting to be able to report on the micro conversion points across the whole thing and make sure that we had everybody set up from a process perspective to truly like, imagine you're Henry Ford building a, you know, a factory, like it should be incredibly detailed and uh, measurable. And so actually uh, at Webflow, one of the first things I wanted to do is actually hire somebody into a role to do that. And we haven't quite done that yet. We have somebody who's on the RevOps team who's going to take it on as a project and is working on it now. But I do see a world where a hugely high ROI person would be you hire somebody in and that is all they do. They literally map out the process. They measure it on a weekly basis, all the micro-conversion points. And they're constantly working with each team to identify what experiments can we run across this whole funnel to improve it. So I'll give another example. You can actually download this. ZoomInfo has a 100 plays book where they have written out 100 different, a play for them is like any outreach to try and get a customer to do something. So for example, a play would be they had one where if they'd sent out a DocuSign to kind of like, you know, sign the, the final contract and that DocuSign had been sitting unsigned for over 24 hours, it would automatically trigger an email from either Henry, the CEO, or the COO to the decision maker, just checking in, making sure that everything's okay. I know you've been working with Ben, etc., And that would return that improved conversion rates. 
and certainly sped up the time of close. And imagine, so ZoomInfo has written a hundred of these. So they are like plays, 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 constantly being triggered for various different things. And that works kind of at, you know, at the scale that they're at. But I think that for a company, smaller companies, they still can do the same methodology, which is map out from MQL generation all the way through what's the perfect journey? How do we iterate on an experiment? And how do we measure it such that if any part of it like drops week over week, we're checking in and saying, hey, what happened? You know, was it an email sequence we sent out that didn't work? Did we drop our call volume? And you just learn. And so anyway, to answer your original question, it's something I'm very passionate about. And I think that increasingly roles like that will exist in, in, in orgs, given the potential impact it can have. Demand efficiency as a title. I love that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> what did you think of the demand efficiency survey? What was your, did it? walk around that full surface for you, all the different touch points? Yeah, I think it was actually interesting. <laughs> One of those ones where it's like, like, I love a framework. And so it was nice to like actually go through and go, yeah, God, I wish I actually kind of had this survey printed out, which I'm sure that you're going to do, which is actually, you're asking questions, but there's a framework behind it. Because, you know, sometimes in your day-to-day, you know all these things you need to be looking at, but like it's very easy to forget about like, one part of it just because you haven't written it all down in the framework, right? Because you're sprinting. Like, I definitely appreciate it. And it was interesting, you know, as I was answering it, I was like, well, it really highlighted the difference, I think, between where ZoomInfo were and maybe like we are at Webflow, which makes sense given the the kind of basically time in market. Like ZoomInfo has been sales-led forever, whereas Webflow has only recently sort of added sales to our arsenal. But yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was a very interesting answer, yeah. It's very easy to forget that ultimately it's one customer experience and your job is to convince a customer to take an action. And too often internally, we think about what marketing is doing, what sales is doing, when in reality, it's just a customer experience. And so as both teams come together and thinking of the channels that they have to um, reach out to customers, those things have to be in lockstep. And if you do that, you will truly impact the behavior of the customer in the way that you want it to. So there you have it. A ton of meat on the bone in this episode around sales and marketing alignment, and how it can reduce costs to acquire when done properly. Let's talk through the motion, though. I mean, this conversation with Shane, obviously ZoomInfo, sales-led organization, Webflow, sales assist organization. What about product-led organizations? It really depends. You know, it really depends on, is there actually a selling group? Is there a selling group that's responsible for land and expand, even though the product itself is very product-led? Is there a selling group for you know, closing deals over a certain size? So anytime there are sellers involved, this becomes highly applicable. And I think a version of this is applicable even if you don't have a selling team, right? Because this is, again, just about the connective tissue between organizations and looking at all of those soft tissue points, conversion opportunities that could be improved. So even if it's not between marketing and sales in a pure product-led organization, it could be between product and marketing instead of marketing and sales. So yeah, you know, if you're an early stage product-led company and you don't have your sales assist or even sales-focused, sales-led teams built out yet, you haven't moved up market yet, you're not focused on the land and expand yet, this is just a great episode to help you think through that side of the company DNA when the time is right and to set up those foundational pieces, those foundational teams 
with the right methodologies and frameworks to start off with this level of sophistication, to start off with this level of efficiency. You know, I think about the product-led organizations that we at Mattermade stepped into to help grow like Loom, like Grain, like Product Board, where they were very strongly product-led and then were at that stage where it was time to build out sales assist and actual seller motions. And so all of this was incredibly impactful and timely at that point of, hey, it's time to move up market. Hey, it's time to add in that selling sophistication. How do we take the existing organization that has been doing well on their own and deeply integrate them and make that connective tissue strategic advantage in how we grow and how we reduce cost to acquire? So to recap, handoff between sales and marketing, critically important, looking at all those conversion points throughout a huge opportunity and a huge lever to reduce cost to acquire. You heard it from me and how it's impacted our portfolio of companies we've helped grow. You heard it from Shane, who's done this at Zoom Info and now Webflow. So hopefully you walk away from this episode with a little laundry list of to-dos. And certainly in Shane's own words, after having taken that demand efficiency survey and gone through the framework, if you are looking for a more actionable list of to-dos, Go and take the survey yourself, walk yourself through the framework, see where your gaps are, and then get to work. As always, if you're interested to see how today's company scored on the Demand Efficiency Index, or for that matter, to see all of the companies in the Demand Efficiency Index by industry, selling motion, and size, you can join our free Slack community. Uh, there you will be able to interact with every guest who's been on the show and even take the evaluation yourself and see how your company stacks up against prior guests. To join the Slack community, head over to mattermade.co forward slash pod, where you'll see all of the relevant links to join. Again, that's mattermade.co forward slash pod.